Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Hi there, welcome back to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Um, you can expect to hear uh, anything to do with sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, fitness. Uh, a lot of them are solo shows, like this one is, but we frequently interview thought leaders and experts on all those topics relating to health, fitness, nutrition, and well-being as well. So stick with us. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you're a returning listener, it's great to have you back. Thank you very much for that. And a big hello as well to our Facebook Live audience. So we're trying a, a kind of a dual format here where I record a podcast and and publish it to Facebook Live at the same time to a very specific private members group that we've got called The Green Room. So if you're interested in joining that, it's basically a safe space to share ideas, experiences, thoughts, ask questions of us, ask questions of everyone else in the community as well. And if you want to become a member of that, you simply need to look for The Green Room uh, on Facebook and then apply to be a member and then we will ask you a couple of questions and um, we'll admit you into the group. Uh, you can also like our Facebook page, which is Body Shop Performance Limited. So very, very simple. So jump onto Facebook and check us out. Lastly, I just want to, to thank everyone who's left reviews recently. Uh, if you want to leave a review on the show, I'd like to give us feedback, whether it's things that we could work on, things that you love about the show, or to suggest guests that you'd really like to hear us interview, please do. So jump on to, uh, or jump to record an email to info at bodyshopperformance.com uh, or jump onto iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's now called of course and leave us a review. We re read every single one and we really really appreciate it. So on to the show. Uh, this week's show is all about how to get through December and the Christmas and party season without gaining weight and I actually wrote a blog about this last year and it was, it was one of our most popular blogs of the year. And I think it's a really tricky time. So when this show goes out, it's going to be early December. So many of you will already be uh, deep into the mince pies, the port and stilton, the chocolates, nicking the chocolates from the kids' advent calendars. There's after work drinks, people bringing cakes and mince pies and biscuits and snacks into the office and alcohol, of course, everywhere. So it's one of those times of year that people are really concerned about not gaining weight, uh, not letting their hair down too much. You know, anything that we can suggest to try and help you bring in a little bit of discipline and uh, to, to try and keep that weight at bay, uh, keep hydrated, maintain fitness. All of these are concerns that over the years we've heard people report back to us. So I'm hoping that this, this show will give you some, uh, well, 10 ways that you can try and uh, refrain from gaining weight, stay hydrated, keep yourself in pretty good health. Uh, and then of course we'll have something for you. We're gonna come out of the traps fast on Wednesday the 3rd, or Thursday the 4th of January, which will be our first podcast release, Wednesday the 3rd, sorry. Uh, we're gonna come out of the traps really fast with a, a wonderful expert that I interviewed yesterday. So we'll be publishing that in early January. So we'll be there to get you off to a good start in January as well. But for now, um, so let's get to those 10 points then. Number one, a great one, just to adopt from now up until if you like the new year. Say no to something once a day. So whether that's a mince pie, that extra drink, or that fateful one for the road, say no to something once a day. It'll make a big difference. So let's say for example, you're offered uh, four drinks over the course of an evening, or two mince pies during the course of a morning, a plate of biscuits, say no once. At least you're having one less mince pie, one less drink. It will make a difference. So it's a small thing like that. And I talk a lot in our, our blogs and our podcasts and my talks and workshops and interviews 
about the minimal effective dose, but also the benefits of marginal gains. So it's a marginal gain for you in terms of keeping weight off if you just say no to something once a day. So that would be my, my number one tip. Say no once a day. Number two, exercise for 15 to 20 minutes a day. Particularly important in December when you've got everything else kind of increasing, more demands on your time, all the other things that we've just talked about in the last few minutes. So 15 to 20 minutes of exercise a day, super important. Ideally done first thing in the morning, ideally done fasted as well, uh, and also mixing it up with some high intensity exercise. So let me just unpack some of that for you. Um, in terms of weight loss or fat burning or keeping weight off, some sort of fasted cardio first thing in the morning is absolutely ideal. Uh, you'll be in optimum fat burning mode, um, predominantly because you haven't eaten, you're fasted, and you also won't have carbohydrates in your body. So it isn't quite as simple as this, but put very basically, the body will always prefer carbohydrates to fats as its energy source. So if in the presence of carbohydrate, even if that's half a banana, you will be burning, more likely to burn carbohydrate than you will be fat during your exercise. But because the body is, is better set up to do its high intensity exercise later on in the day for a number of reasons, primarily around um, body temperature being optimum, for example, but there's some other reasons as well. But first thing in the morning, it's, quite, it's good to do some sort of fasted slow cardio. So that could be a walk, a jog, some gentle yoga, just bouncing is very good. It drains the lymphatic system. Um, just taking the dog out would be another one or just a walk around the garden. So that would be ideal for first thing in the morning, but just getting 15 to 20 minutes. The way I hack that, if you like, is I'll, I'll just get our walk to the train station instead of driving. Um, if you're a commuter, you could perhaps walk to the next station along rather than the nearest station to you. They would be two very quick ways of doing it. Uh, borrow a dog, get a dog, uh, not quite as, as hackable, but they would be other ways to do it as well. Um, alternatively, you can just do some sort of light jog, a light walk around the block, walk around the garden, just something gentle that gets you moving for 15-20 minutes. Um, if you can do some sort of hit or tabata as well, if you prefer to do your high intensity exercise first thing in the morning, then 15-20 to 20 minutes of that fasted will have huge benefits for you. So 15-20 to 20 minutes exercise a day is, is going to be super important for you and try and make that a daily thing, whereas you might before have made it every three, three or five times a week every day if you can while you're in that kind of season of excess. Uh, the other thing that you can do for, for fat burning if you want to up that side of things is lift heavy. Um, lifting heavy is to me, I, I lift this heavy piece of equipment called the Squire in the boxing gym. Um, that's an 80 kilo weight that I can deadlift by pulling up on the handles. But for you it might be lifting a child, it might be lifting dumbbells, a barbell across your back for squats for example, but lifting heavy and in compound movements um, is absolutely ideal for fat burning. You're also going to be increasing your lean muscle mass at the same time, which is optimal for fat burning. So muscle is more metabolically active than fat, which means it burns more calories. So a person who's 11 stone who's quite muscular will be burning more calories just stood still than a person who's 11 stone but has very little muscle and more fat content. So it's more metabolically active. Lifting heavy is, is a great way, I think, to stay in good shape. And you really want to be doing that a couple times a week. So there's a few things there. Walking is your absolute basic. You want to be doing as much of that as possible. Uh, lifting heavy, uh, high intensity interval training, for example, is also excellent. So that could be spinning, which is something we've recently discovered. Uh, it might be interval sprints. It might be doing some sort of Tabata, which is 20 seconds of very hard exercise, followed by a 10%, 10, 10 second break. 
Um, anything like that. So just upping the ante in terms of your exercise. Uh, an ideal blueprint would be super high intensity twice a week, uh, moderate intensity five times a week, and then a constant level of daily activity. So that's walking, uh, walking up the stairs, walking from A to B, uh, getting up and down from your desk every 30 minutes, etc. Just, just a daily level of constant movement. So that's number two. Um, and just to add to that, you don't need to go to a gym for any of this. It can be the park, it can be the garden, it can be home. Uh, you can use props in the house like tables and chairs. You can use garden furniture. It doesn't need to be a gym. So when we're talking about putting in 15 to 20 minutes of exercise a day, it can be at home. It hasn't got to be a 30 minute drive to the gym or packing your gym gear and going in on the way to work. Number three links to what we've just been talking about. It's ancestral movement. So what I mean by this, if we think back to caveman and cavewoman times, um, they would have woken up uh, in their cave and what would have woken them, of course, is natural light flooding the mouth of the cave. I've talked about this a lot. I'm a big proponent of ancestral movement. Uh, that light would have woken them up and various other things would have happened. But essentially what they would do is get up, check for threats at the mouth of that cave, check for, for prey at the mouth of that cave. Is there something I can go and spear for breakfast? Is there something that's going to come and spear me for breakfast? So they could start their day with some frenetic activity. But probably they came out and there was nothing on the horizon that threatened or interested them. So they would be scurrying, foraging, moving around, squatting to wash and prepare things, getting up again, moving, foraging, scurrying, hunting, being chased down by something else. They'd have a constant level of activity, interspersed with periods of recovery, of course. But they certainly wouldn't have been doing something that was very, very fast paced for... Uh, let's say an hour in the morning, then sitting down at the cave all day and then doing something at the end of the day. They would have been doing a constant level. So your activity would kind of be up and down, uh, not very high spikes, nothing, maybe a high spike as you leave work. So that's what you want to strive for really. That will have a huge bearing on your weight management situation. It'll help you to keep weight off. Uh, it'll keep you metabolically active um, and keep blood flow moving to all the parts of the body and there are all sorts of other health benefits as well. Um, just a, as a side note, a study found that 10 minutes of walking a day resulted in two hours of increased mood and energy. So for 10 minutes a day of walking, you get two hours of overall increased mood and energy levels. That's phenomenal return on investment. So the more mo movement you can do, the more walking and scurrying around that you can do, uh, even though our lives are very different to that of a caveman, the better for your health and the better for your weight management as well. So that's number three, ancestral movement. Number four is mix your drinks. So I'm referring now specifically to if you're going out and you're drinking alcohol. Um, it's not a fair accompli that you're going to have to drink to excess or that you have to accept every drink that's offered to you. Um, Equally, you know, you, you can control how much you're drinking, but it's tricky when people are perhaps buying rounds or as often as the case in Christmas do's, you know, there's a card behind the bar and someone else is paying. And I, I can recall in my drinking days that if, if the alcohol is free, you tend to drink more of it. So there's a tip here, mix your drinks. Very, very simple. You can do this in a number of ways. If you drink white wine, you can make it spritzers. You've just halved the amount of alcohol you're consuming straight off the bat, but you're still drinking a wine tasting drink from a wine glass. Um, you could also have, for every two alcoholic drinks you have, one could be non-alcoholic, for example. So there are various different things you can do. You can dilute with water. Uh, you could drink halves instead of pints. You could drink bottles of beer instead of pints. Uh, you can even fake it and have a sparkling water with lemon and call it a gin and tonic if you're worried about what people think uh, if you're moving off alcoholic drinks. And there are lots of people that will jump on you for that. Um, don't hold your drinks is another great tip. 
So when you're standing there holding a drink, the temptation, particularly if you're talking to someone you don't know very well, is to sip it continuously. If that drink is on a table and you have to break someone's eye contact, or you have to move away and break the conversation to get the drink, you're less likely to do it that frequently. Partly because it's rude, partly because you may not want to break off the conversation, and you don't want to appear like you're constantly going for your drink. So that's a big tip, actually. Don't leave drinks in your hand, but keep them on a table, put them down, so that you don't, um, you're not constantly sipping on them. So that would be number four, mixing your drinks. Uh, water, etc. Number five is to eat something before you go out. So uh, this works really well for me. If I, am, uh, I have a big appetite, and if I'm eating at a friend's house, and I don't know what time they're serving dinner, and I don't know how much they're going to be serving, what they're going to be serving, and whether it will be enough, uh, I will always have something to eat a couple of hours before I'm, I'm expecting them to cook dinner or before I get around to their house. So this might sound a little bit greedy, but I can assure you I'm, um, I don't have any weight issues, but I do have a huge appetite. So what I will do is just have something to eat before I go out or something to eat before I'm, I'm going around to someone's house. And obviously that's nothing... Um, you know, it's no refined carbohydrate, it's not sugary, it's nothing like that, but maybe it'll be some fruit, some nuts, just a small snack. And that's a really good idea if you're going out for a meal, is just to have a little bit of something to eat so you're not starving. Particularly if you're going out for some sort of Christmas do, um, where there might be a big group of you around the table, by the time the person at the top of the table has ordered their food and the menu's come down to you and you've ordered, you could be sat there for 45 minutes. And what you don't want to be doing is jumping in and out of the bread basket, ordering more bread, ordering olives and drinking on an empty stomach as well. So have something to eat to line the stomach, but also to take the edge off your hunger before you go out. That will make a big difference. Um, you're also less likely to consume the wrong types of foods as well. So when I'm very hungry, and what's typical of most human beings, is when we're very hungry, um, the brain will want glucose, we will want feeding, and we'll crave the sort of foods that, that are readily available, and that will be refined carbohydrates and sugary products. So in order to avoid that happening, so you make better choices from the menu, perhaps you're more likely to switch out the potato dish that's drenched in butter for extra vegetables, or not go for the lasagna, but go for something a little bit more healthy, is to make sure you're not starving hungry when you get to the restaurant. And do think ahead as well, if you're with a big group, it inevitably will be a slow process of that meal coming out. So eating before you go out, snacking before you go out, would be tip number five. Uh, number six is to drink plenty of water. Um, there is a, uh, well, if you listen to the podcast I recorded with Rita Aurora, uh, she, one of her points was to not mistake your hunger for your thirst. Um, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So she said that frequently we can find ourselves craving food when actually what it is that we're craving is, is water. We're actually thirsty. So tune in with yourself. You know, intuitively you might be able to feel whether actually this is hunger and intellectually I know that because I haven't eaten for 10 hours so this is hunger or is it just thirst have you drunk enough water and particularly in the context of what we're talking about here drinking a lot of water when you've got more alcohol coming into your bloodstream on a daily or a weekly basis than normal is super important um, but try that try drinking a bit of water back to point number five as well about eating before you go out Drink some water before you go out as well. It slightly uh, extends or enlarges the stomach and it can take the edge off your hunger as well. It is not a strategy I'm recommending for, for, for dieting, but it is a strategy I recommend for perhaps checking with the brain, whether it's thirsty or hungry, and also holding off your appetite a little bit, particularly if you're eating in a big group. 
Uh, it's actually a part of the brain called the hypothalamus that sends the signal of thirst. And sometimes it can be confusing between hunger and thirst. So think about that one. Drink plenty of water. It's sound advice anyway, even if you think you already drink quite a bit. And you might be able to use it strategically. Number seven is to preload before a big night. So what I will do, for example, I don't have big nights anymore, but I do travel. Um, and what I'll do when I travel is I'll preload. So if you know you've got a big night coming up or you've got a big week of events and social events and your ability to get to the gym might not be as good as it usually is, then what I would suggest is doing a bit of a preload. And this simply means doing more exercise in that week than you would normally do. So that if you do miss a couple of sessions due to hangover or just time, it's not so much of an issue. You kind of preloaded. It's also known as a pre-exhaust. So let's say you're listening to this mid-December. You know that that week before Christmas, that last week including Christmas, is going to be super busy. You've got family coming, you're finishing work on Christmas Eve, still got shopping to do, you've got three Christmas parties, etc. etc. Uh, the week before, so that third week of December, really go for it in the gym. Make sure you follow some of my previous advice around exercising um, 15 to 20 minutes every day. Um, if that's something you don't normally do, lift a little bit heavier, run a little bit further, get to the point where when you get into that last week of Christmas, you're actually quite relieved not to have your usual exercise schedule. You're quite relieved not to have the gym session. And it will just help you a little bit. Um, I think that that's really important. Also, try something different. So if you want to mix it up a bit, if you are putting more exercise into your week as a preload or pre-exhaust, try something different. We recently, I mean, listeners to the show will know this because I've recorded a show on it before, but we went out to New York at the end of September and we discovered um, a company called SoulCycle. And it's basically a spinning class, but they have these super high-tech bikes. Uh, it's very dark, they've got lights, it's quite a bit like a nightclub and you're cycling in a nightclub. Uh, the instructor's in front of you and they're, they're mic'd up and it's loud, it's noisy, it's frenetic. But it's absolutely amazing as well. And there's something very similar in London called Cycle, P-S-Y-C-L-E. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, if you're not in London, you may find something similar. And I'm sure there are spin classes near you. But for us, that was something different. So it's a different kind of exercise just to mix things up a little bit as well. So in the run up, you know, maybe you just want to change something up to get the additional health benefits of that as well. Rather than following your usual routine, it will make a difference um, in terms of keeping the weight off just by throwing something new in because the body does get used to some of the demands and the stresses that we place on it in terms of exercise. So that would be another suggestion. If you can get to cycle, they have um, three, uh, three gyms or three studios rather in London that you just jump onto their website, which I'll link to in the show notes. Otherwise, find something different. Maybe you jump on the rowing machine when you normally run. Uh, if you don't normally lift weights, start small, but maybe start lifting a few weights, but just vary it up a bit. And what we're also doing is trying to build in some kind of new habits and, and keep you on the wagon so that when it comes to New Year, you're not starting from scratch. You're not having to pick up the slack again, but you've actually, you've maintained some consistency throughout the month. What I, you know, I get asked a lot, you know, how does, you know, how do I feel in January? Is it hard to get back on the, on the wagon, as it were? Not in terms of, of drinking or anything, but in terms of exercise. And it isn't because I'm pretty consistent all year round. I just have a low level of exercise all the time. Uh, I may do slightly less of my moderate intensity, perhaps, but actually I'm pretty consistent. And that's partly because I've built some of these things into my, into my everyday. So the constant level of, of daily activity is just built in. I just walk wherever I can. After I record this, I'll take a half hour walk around Nunhead Cemetery uh, just to clear my head, you know, get out of the house. Um, 
doing also the other thing is that these things don't need to take a lot of time so in order to achieve consistency they have to be almost minimal effective dose so what I mean by that is what's the smallest thing that I can do to get an effect or what's the smallest thing I can do to maintain my status quo and for a lot of you you'll be looking to just maintain the status quo over Christmas in fact you may be really happy with that and I certainly don't think that our fitness or our health needs to take a, a significant dent over Christmas so it's also looking to do what's the minimal effective dose. Maybe it's instead of trying to get three one-hour workouts in, it's doing the 15 to 20 minutes at home a day that I was recommending. So doing something different, doing an extra workout, preloading. Maybe you start now and just start doing some extra sessions. Um, and also uh, just part of that preload would be to have really good food. If you know you've got a week coming up where you're not going to have access to good food, um, there's going to be more cakes and mince pies in the office and you're going to restaurants and not able to cook fresh, or you're maybe compromising on some of the integrity of your ingredients, eat loads of really good food the week before. That's what I do before I travel, because I know airplane food and uh, airport food is going to be really lousy. So I'll eat really well the week before, and I'll exercise really hard the week before. Maybe you can view Christmas in the same way. Uh, so that's number seven. Number eight is a big one. Uh, it's be wary of overcommitting, and I've also put a note here, FOMO. So for those of you who don't know what that stands for, it's F-O-M-O, -O, fear of missing out. Uh, I definitely used to have FOMO. Um, I know lots of people who have FOMO. But be wary of overcommitting. Now, what does this have to do with gaining weight? Well, I find that if, if I've overcommitted, um, you get frustrated with that, you feel you don't have time to maintain your normal routine, and it results in you kind of thinking, you know what, I'll just start in January. Well, actually, it doesn't need to be that way. At the beginning of a week or at the end of a week or on a Sunday is a good time to do this. Have a look ahead to the week you've got coming up. Is it manageable? Um, does it already look like it's going to be a squeeze? Does the thought of doing all of that fill you with horror? If so, clear some of it out. Never mind if you're letting people down. I mean, you could, there's a nice way of letting people down. Actually, I don't think I'm going to be in a good company. I've got too much on this week already. I've made a dreadful mistake with my scheduling. I'm going to stay out of this so I'm well for Christmas. So I've got the energy for my family at Christmas. There's nice ways that you can go through this. But look ahead and see what's in the diary. Uh, Christmas doesn't need to be crazy. It doesn't need to be full of drinks and parties and engagements and social stuff. Uh, I have a super quiet Christmas. Um, have a look at that. you know. And if you're not keen on a commitment, then don't do it. Just cancel it. Take it out of the diary. Um, one of the reasons I put that in is that I certainly, when I was drinking, used to find that if I didn't want to go to something, but I didn't want to let someone down, I'd think, oh, well, I'll just jazz myself up with a few drinks and I'll go anyway. And inevitably, that's what I would do. And you end up over-jazzing yourself sometimes and thinking, well, I've had more to drink than I wanted. I should never have come. I didn't even want to go out. Now I'm ended up with a hangover next day. And it's lazy to jazz ourselves up with a few drinks just because we're not that keen on going to something anymore. And I know it happens all the time with so many people. So just be wary of overcommitting. Forget about fear of missing out. Um, don't go if, if you and clear stuff out of the diary. Look ahead now to what you've got coming up. So that's number eight. Be wary of overcommitting. Uh, number nine is a little hangover tip for you. So let's assume that you have overdone it and uh, you're feeling pretty lousy next day. You might have work, you might have kids, you might have Christmas itself and Christmas lunch to cook. Here's a little tip for you. Unsweetened coconut water. Uh, combine it with some electrolytes the following morning and you are gonna feel a whole lot better. I looked into the research around coconut water because there's a, a myth or a rumor that persists that it's actually more hydrating for you than water or energy drinks. 
That actually isn't the case. Uh, there are no real studies that, that confirm that coconut water is more hydrating. But it is, it's rich in natural sugars, which will give you a little bit of a lift uh, post-hangover. Uh, it's also rich in potassium, which is something that gets depleted in the body when we're hungover. So two things happen uh, when you have a hangover. Your body retains sodium and it gets rid of potassium. So the, uh, the coconut water helps you to replenish that potassium. Plus it gives you a little bit of a kick with those natural sugars. The electrolytes will also help to replenish anything that was lost uh, in the previous night's drinking. So that's a little tip for you for, for a hangover cure. Never mind your coffees and your fry-ups. Unsweetened coconut water, electrolytes. So that's number nine. And number 10 is just helping the gut to settle down. So there are a few ways that you can do this. Um, for any of you who follows our content, our blogs, our podcasts, our Facebook lives, and anyone in the green room, you'll, you'll know that we're quite big fans of goat milk kefir. And uh, so something I discovered recently, um, and it, it's basically kefir grains and goat milk. And it's made by a company called Chuckling Goat, which is a farm in West Wales that I went to see three weeks ago, uh, a little later than that from when this, this episode goes out. And uh, they've got a small farm in deepest, darkest Wales. They have well over 20, maybe even 30 goats, about 15 barn cats running around. And I got a tour of how they make this kefir. And it's absolutely fascinating. The benefits of it are very well publicised. So if you Google benefits of goat milk kefir, you will find lots and lots of studies. But it's very good at replenishing the gut bacteria. And a lot of that bacteria and the gut itself get, you know, really goes through the ringer when we drink to excess. So one of the things I'd recommend, if you can stomach it um, after a hangover, is to have a shot of kefir. You need about 170 mil, which is a, um, um, if the Facebook Live people, you can see it's a small tumbler. Um, about 170 mil is a small glass of wine as well. I know it's not a very good analogy, but for anyone listening in, that's the kind of size you go for. You can have more. I tend to swill uh, perhaps double that. You can't really overdo it, but what it will do is it's very rich in probiotics and it will help rehydrate you, it will give you a protein boost and it will help restore some of the gut bacteria that will have taken a bashing during your, um, your evening's drinking. Uh, so I will link in the show notes to our custom link and also uh, the code is BODYSHOT, B-O-D-Y-S-H-O-T, and that will give you 15% off the goat milk kefir as well. So look out for that in the show notes. So they are my 10 kind of 10 points there, 10 tips. So just to go through that again, number one, say no once a day. Really simple, just once say no to something, whether it's a drink or food or a night out, but say no once a day. <clears throat> number two, exercise for 15 to 20 minutes a day. Uh, ideally something that's slow and fasted in the morning or high intensity later in the day or whatever configuration that you can do. If you prefer to get it out of the way in the morning, do that. Something is undoubtedly better than nothing. <clears throat> Uh, number three, ancestral movement. Think about that caveman. The caveman did not sit still all day. Uh, try and emulate. You know, whilst our lifestyles have changed massively during that time, we still need to be moving. That's what our bodies were designed to do. They were designed to, to move constantly all day, obviously with patches of recovery and mainly low-level movement. Number four, mix your drinks. Dilute with water, have spritzers, have halves or bottles of beer instead of pints. Just drink less alcohol, and there's, there's various little hacks that I've given you in this recording to do that. Number five is eat before you go out. <clears throat> so have a snack, have something in your stomach so you're not super hungry and um, diving into the bread basket. Number six, drink plenty of water. Make sure it's, it's hunger, not thirst, that your brain's signalling 
Um, and also you could perhaps use that as a way of staving off hunger if you're in a restaurant and the service is a little slow. Number seven, preload before a big night. Preload on really good food the week before a heavy week. Uh, preload on exercise as well. So that if you have got a busy social week, it's okay. You kind of put lots of good stuff into your body the, the week before and you put loads of exercise into the muscles the week before as well. So you can afford to take it a little easier. You'll also feel better about yourself that way. So that's number seven. Number eight, be wary of overcommitting. Do not have FOMO, fear of missing out, um, but be happy to stay and be happy to say no to things. Be happy to pace yourself in terms of your social calendar. Number nine, unsweetened coconut water with electrolytes is my top hangover tip. Uh, despite not having one for, what, five and a half years, um, I do still remember what one feels like, and that would be my tip for you. Unsweetened coconut water with electrolytes. And number 10, help the gut settle down with something like a goat milk kefir. You can get similar things in supermarkets, but just check the ingredients because they're often full of sweeteners or sugar, which is counterproductive really to what the, the kefir is supposed to be doing in terms of restoring your gut bacteria. So that's 10. And a few bonuses on mindful eating while we're talking about food and, and eating a lot and going out and the Christmas excesses. Choose slowly. It's really important that we choose slowly so that the body can get ready for the food. Chewing, the act of chewing, um, generates saliva which contains enzymes and it all helps prepare the gut for the food that's coming in. So choose slowly. Think about the provenance of your food. Think about you know that turkey that you've got on your plate at Christmas Day. What kind of a life did that have? You know, show gratitude for the fact that it's given its life for the meal. I think thinking about the provenance of food is important because not only does it encourage us to buy ethically, but it also slows us down in the process of eating. Uh, if you are looking to, or you are, if you've got a lot of social events and a lot of meals out, eat from smaller plates. So maybe you have a side plate or a small plate and you fill that with food. You will still consume less than you will if you have a normal sized plate. And you can ask a restaurant to bring you a smaller plate. And that's a really good tip because not many of us have a three course meal at home when we eat a dinner, but when you go out, you tend to have three courses. So if you can have everything from a slightly smaller plate, your overall consumption of food is a lot less. Uh, you could also have just two sides or two starters instead of the main course. So it doesn't have to be a big meal. Um, if you are serving a meal at home in terms of avoiding gaining weight, don't put the food in big dishes in front of you, but serve from the side. You're less likely to help yourself to that extra spoonful of something that you don't actually need. You're only having it because it's sat right there in front of you. And the last thing is to awaken your senses with smell and texture. Help yourself get ready for the food. You know, come in, smell all the food. Um, it's all part of really that thinking about the provenance and chewing slowly and just getting the body ready for food. So that would be uh, my 10 top tips for trying to get through the party season in December by thriving, uh, not just surviving, and of course, avoiding gaining weight. If you've got questions for me, send me an email to Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E at bodyshopperformance.com. Um, if you've found this show useful, if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. It means a great deal to us, helps us to get to more people, and we will read out that review in our next show. That's it from me. Uh, we will, of course, be coming back to you next week uh, before I wish you happy Christmas and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, help us to reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that and it would help us to spread the good word even further. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next show.